welcome to By It's Cover Podcast. <laughs> One marriage's journey through an advent calendar of terror. <laughs> movies. We watch the scary movies. <laughs> I'm your host, Bree. I'm your other host, Gavin. <laughs> And we have a guest star for the month of October, Robert Schmubbert. Hi. Okay. How did you almost commit to that voice? (laughs) You told me to make it spooky. I'm terrified. (laughs) Yeah, I'm worried for you. Okay, so if you totally were just thrown out of whatever you expected this to be by my very poor voice acting skills, uh, we have decided to treat our favorite month of October slash Halloween, capping off with Halloween, as a uh, advent of terror movies. And Robert Schmobert has created a plethora of all rise and no fall when it comes to movies so we're doing a little bit differently some of these we've seen uh, some we have not and we are not going to guess what their cover is we're going to watch them all first and then we're going to chit chat about them so uh Kevin, would you like to list off the movies that we watched for our first week so the the first week of the advent of terror, uh, they're there not terror movies. We didn't watch like the sum of all fears and the hunt for red October. Uh, <laughs> they're horror movies that are terrifying. I just want to be clear. Bree made it a little bit sneaky, uh, <laughs> made it think we were going to watch like rain over me or that one with Robert Pattinson where he ends up being in the twin towers on nine 11. Remember me. There we go. Uh, so we watched seven horror movies. Uh, we started out with Cat's Eye, mm-hmm. then we moved to 1408, uh-huh. then Splinter, mm-hmm. before hitting up Final Girls, mm-hmm. and then taking a visit to Terrifier, Ooh. and then we watched The Blob and Banshee Chapter. But The Blob from the 80s. Yes, the Not- 80s Blob. Yeah. And um, Robert, let me first be the first person to thank you out of this trio because i doubt you're gonna thank yourself um this was an adventure myself every day it was an adventurous week for us <laughs> um i love there was like three movies that brew was like i do not want to watch this and i was like it's on the calendar can't <laughs> disrespect the advent calendar yep <laughs> i want to know which movies those were and why you didn't want to watch them I did not want to watch The Blob, and I'll tell you why. (laughs) When I was in sixth grade, uh, I was in the sixth grade play called The Nifty Fifties, and we sang a song about The Blob, The Blob, The Big Old Blob, The Icky Sticky Ooey Gooey Blob. Was it referencing the blob 1988, I think? I know. It was a song bullying the kid. (laughs) (laughs) There's old Tommy Fat Pants over there. (laughs) The blob. (laughs) It was referencing the original blob because we were set in the 1950s, the nifty 50s, as it were. That makes sense now. Oh. (laughs) So it took me right back to the nifty 50s. (laughs) 
So I guess that was not a good memory if you didn't want to relive it through a movie that you referenced in a song. I've had better ones. <laughs> All right. How did you guys do an entire play around a decade? Because there were greasers and bobby soxers and, you know, it was it was fun. Oh, your school picked only the very, very white parts of the 50s, huh? Yes, that's correct. Just the the happy golden times, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like I was in sixth grade. It's been a long time. All right. <laughs> so let's, uh, Kevin, do you want to give us a quick summary for Cat's Eye? Sure. Uh, so Robert, we started out with Cat's Eye, which is an anthology. It's a Stephen King anthology based off of uh, his Night Shift books. And it's got this framing narrative of a, a plucky cat that goes on an adventure uh, and just seems to find himself in uh, shenanigans situations. Um, <laughs> the first story, we are treated to uh, young James Wood, uh, who is trying to quit smoking. Uh, and he goes to Quitters Incorporated, which it turns out is a front for the mob. <laughs> And the way of making you quit smoking is they send like mobsters to follow you around. And uh, if you smoke, they'll put your wife in an electric, like an electrified room, like a Skinner box room to electrocute her. And then the next time, if you smoke, it's your daughter. And then if you do it again, they kill your wife or no, they, they rape your wife. Yeah. And then they kill you. And he's like, we've never had anybody make it past the third one. Which, okay, there's a terrifying scene. I know we're not supposed to go too much into it, but in retrospect, when you find out that like the third punishment for smoking uh, uh -huh. is your wife gets raped. So when James Wood is sitting in the waiting room, this lady comes out and she looks disheveled, uh, mm -hmm. like really. Un and the husband's like, oh man, I've been smoking since I was 14. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You know what happened to her. Yeah, and I was, at first I was like, oh, they must have electrocuted her. And then they're like, oh, I'm like, oh, no, that was not time one. <laughs> no. Oh, so, yeah. And it then was... he gains weight from smoking. So then they tell him if he gets fat, they'll cut off his wife's finger. Yeah. Anyways, guy's a dick. <laughs> Second story is uh, a man and... Uh, he's trying to run away with a mobster's girlfriend or wife and the mobster catches them and makes the man walk the outer edge of his uh, apartment, his penthouse apartment. Yeah. Which is really tall. Yep. And the third story features a young Drew Barrymore who is worried about getting her breath stolen by a, a goblin. Troll. Troll. I don't goblin. know. Think little 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 dude with a little a little tiny sword like yeah, a rumple stiltskin sword knife yeah, like it was wavy it's like a little wavy sword yeah. yeah so it hurts more i don't yeah. know it was just uh it was adorable um <laughs> it just it was weird to watch drew barrymore at like five out act uh, everybody in adults. that movie <laughs> yeah I'm sorry, the cat The cat was better than Drew yeah. Barrymore. Honestly, General. the cat was. Um, my biggest problem was General the Cat had the most upbeat soundtrack. 
uh, for a horror movie I've ever heard. I mean, yeah, they did like a Peter and the Wolf thing with the cat where it's like, there's the cat. (laughs) Like somebody with a recorder was just jamming out those days. Yeah. It was like a fanfare too. So it was like, it sounded like he was winning. Every time the cat like went into action, it was like this. Dun, 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 dun. Like he was in a parade or something. Yeah. yeah. It, so, the, the worst like green screen effects. <laughs> although oh, I was very impressed with the troll goblin. Like they clearly had like a full size person and then made everything forced perspective or they made a really big room or something because it was definitely not stop motion. Yeah, I think they made a big room, which is amazing. I wish I wish I could have all those props. I want a big room in my house. Like, I want to <laughs> walk in and it's like, oh, we're tiny. Oh, no, Robert, you got tiny again. <laughs> have a bite of this giant Oreo. You know, it'd be amazing. It's just moldy in the corner. You're like, I can't afford to get new ones. <laughs> you know how much that one Oreo cost? <laughs> So, um, Kevin, the cover is just kind of a big cat face and the little goblin coming out of the wall. Do you feel like that that was an accurate cover? Not at all. One, it well, doesn't let you know it at all. It's an anthology. Two, I thought it was weird that uh, the first two stories in this anthology, not supernatural at all. Um, there's no like hint of it. It's just mobsters. And then for all of a sudden, the third one to be like, oh, no, goblins are real. Worry about those now. It's kind of a weird tonal shift. Yeah. But yeah, this movie, totally the cat's eye, like the the cover just makes it look like the cat is going to have an adventure. And I expect the goblin to like ride him into battle. (laughs) Like a labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this felt like a kid's first anthology horror movie. But kind of grim. I mean, again, like there's some implications in the three stories that are not great. <laughs> there, there was a, I bet you there's like a messy production on this because it was all over the place. I mean, it, you, the tones all off. I, I like this movie, but like, yeah, the tones off. The, the music doesn't match. The stories don't really match, except for the cat. I mean, you have this almost like Tolkien esque story. <laughs> yeah like the cat like if the cat's name was like Merryweather the cat and <laughs> it would have like fit it's yeah it's like Stephen King with the last story which is one he originally or he wrote for Cat's Eye like it's an original story just for this movie it wasn't one of his own other books it is like if Stephen King had decided to sit down and write like a kid's fantasy story mm-hmm. and it does not match the other two at all yeah like the last one the cat's eye one i would almost feel comfortable like showing to a a young kid yeah Mm -hmm. yeah there there was a lot of fairy tale aspects to it like stealing your breath and there's a troll in the wall and it was it was one of those 80s movies that kids could watch that would scar them like it was just scary enough which (laughs) which we'll get to why i picked this movie (laughs) i get to that (laughs) Yeah. So, Brie, what do you think about the cover? I think that if I were to change it, I'd have the cat's face and then have Drew Barrymore's face too, because like she really was the best part of that whole movie. Yeah. I totally thought this was going to be that movie Cat People. I, I so I, I thought it was going to be like a David Bowie type movie, and it was not. 
it needed <laughs> it needed it needed a, a crazy head man with a giant cod piece. That's what it was missing. <laughs> so honestly, this would have been right when Stephen King was like at the height of his coke binge. I wouldn't have put it past him. <laughs> Calvin, how would you categorize this in the horror genre? I mean, it's an anthology, a horror anthology. It's just weird that, again, two really grounded reality stories with one over-the-top fantasy one is kind of weird to place it in the... the anth- and I'm a, I'm a horror anthology aficionado. I You're love like them. a junkie. You love anthologies. So, yeah. So, good job starting off with an anthology, Robert. Um, Thank you. It's one like the- you got three movies in one. Yeah, that's what I like. Because in an anthology, like if one of them's bad, you know you're going to get another. Yeah. So just just like a thing, I I have a feeling. I have a feeling that that someone was so in love with that last story that they wanted to do it so well that they were like that they blew the whole budget on that, and then they were like, all right, well we got to do yeah just regular <laughs> things for the other two. I bet you that's what happened. This movie also has other instances. Okay, there's a a pigeon in the second story where the guy's like walking around the outside of the of the penthouse he has to like shimmy and there's a pigeon that attacks his ankles and there's just a scene where he finally like boots the pigeon that had me dying there's some comedic gold in this movie. yes but i just laugh because i'm like stephen king thinks animals are dicks uh, like he just <laughs> does not like animals I actually um, really liked the second one where they had to go around the edge because I felt like they did a pretty good job. Um, the guy acting uh, that he was terrified that he was going to fall off that building. And I appreciate that the bad guy got the comeuppance that he deserved. So, uh, Kevin, why do you think Robert chose this movie? Honestly, I think he included it as a sense of false security. Um, having seen the other six movies, I, I tend to tend to agree with you. Like, I, you know how, like in a horror movie, you have that first jump scare where you're like, Oh, it it was just the cat that was hiding in the cupboard. And then like, she turns around and the killer like knifes her in the face and you're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't see that. That was that, that was the, the advent calendar equivalent of that. Like, I'm glad (laughs) we have a metaphor or an analogy for this scenario. Now, because it's very relevant for our everyday lives. <laughs> so I actually did not jump at all during this movie. If you would have, I would have had to have left you. I'd be like, you <laughs> you have a weak heart. Um, <laughs> I would have been um, great if I destroyed your marriage through a podcast that's built on <laughs> our, our marriage. <laughs> I do like how basically the they blame goblins ends. for Drew Barrymore's sleep apnea. Um, <laughs> So Robert, tell us why you chose this movie to start. Well, I I, I chose it and I placed it. So I chose it because <clears throat> this movie, uh, I know Kevin likes anthologies and I, I, I was pretty sure he, he hadn't seen it. And this was one of those movies that I, I like I was talking about, I, I saw as a kid, it was just on TV because it's PG-13 and it was a troll coming out of the wall. And I don't know why I got so scared that I changed the channel and then for like a year, I got really scared that there was going to be one of these things coming out of my wall. And then, and then it, and then I buried it and I buried it 
all the terror. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, and then after I matured in quotation marks, uh, <laughs> I I was like, what was that movie? And then it took me a while to find it. And I found it and I've loved it ever since because it's such a ridiculous movie to know it traumatized me that much. It's like, <laughs> oh man. Like you should have just take much. <laughs> like if I would just stuck around and just like pulled through for like the rest of the movie, I would have been like, oh, this is dumb. You know, like <laughs> so so it was one of those movies, it was just really fun. And I placed it in the beginning because it's a good anthology. It's kind of fun. It, it like I, I feel like people who like always want to make you a horror list are just be like, oh, I'm just going, oh, like you're gonna see babies die. You know, like <laughs> I'm gonna just terrify you. And I just wanted to kind of Mix it up because horror movies aren't just about you provided us a false sense of security there, Robert, to start off. (laughs) I could could totally see some kid watching this at like a slumber party and being like, oh, man, Stephen King books aren't scary or movies aren't scary. And then he's going to turn around and put on it next and just be like, I'm good. I'm done. Game (laughs) over. I quit. (laughs) No more. So the second movie we watched was 1408 starring John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. Although I'm not sure if he was in it enough to consider giving him a starring role. Um, He's the only other person in it, right? I mean, Mary McCormick's in it too. That's true. Yeah. Um, Uh, He gets the one F-bomb. And every moment he's on screen, he's awesome yeah (laughs) uh so Kevin and i had actually seen this movie movie before and we watched it anyways because why not um but it's pretty much a psychological journey of a writer that's going around to telling stories about haunted hotels and haunted places and john (laughs) john cusack is that writer and um he gets uh, 1408 is a room in the Dolphin Hotel in New York, and he pretty much it terrorizes him. And I like how dies. you said it's a psychological journey when it's like very literally a journey through hell. Well, it's not like it's all in his head. I guess that's true. I mean, you could maybe argue one way or the other. How, how do you even argue? Like, oh. There's no way it's in his head. Samuel L. Jackson gets a recording where John Cusack's dead daughter is talking to him on it. I mean, I mean, it's some of it's in his head. I mean, there's some of it is in his head, but some of it isn't in his head. It's it's sort of sort of on both lines. Like there's that part where he thinks he's out of the room. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's like I don't I don't know how to explain it. It happened for real but it was messing with his brain. So who knows yes. if it was like, uh, like I, who knows how hauntings happen? You know, is it, <laughs> do they, do they, are they messing with your brain or are they messing with reality? You know, like. It kind of did both. Yeah. And I think they kind of just, they skirted the line on each side of those where, where it was like trippy. It was like just a crazy acid trip. And then it was a haunting where like physical, there was physical things happening. Yeah. Um. It's an evil fucking room. Mm-hmm. It was. And then it got blown up. It got Molotov cocktail. Yes. <laughs> it did. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Which Foreshadowing. uh <laughs> that scotch he gives him would not be a high enough ignition point to do that. But you know, that's okay. <laughs> 
All right. So, Kevin. And this, uh, wait, this is a Stephen King one, too, isn't it? Actually, I think it is. I think, I think it, it is. is. Yeah. Huh. I would have never known. Yeah, it that. is. It is. I, I yeah. didn't do that on purpose. Oh, really? Oh, that was exactly why I thought you did it, too. <laughs> I mean, what? I was Go. like, he did that. He did. He, he, he flipped the script. He went from like Stephen King being light and playful and like fun to like Stephen King, arguably probably one of the better Stephen King movies. I agree. Besides It Chapter One. I think It Chapter One was a really good Stephen The new King It movie. or the old It? That's why I said it chapter one. That's the the new one. Oh, I didn't. Part two, I didn't care for or didn't care for as much. Um, My favorite Stephen King movie would be, I think it might be Misery. Misery is pretty good. Yeah. I have only seen parts of it. Just the hobbling scene? Just the hobbling scene. Yep. It's because I make you watch it at least once a year, where it's like I make a reference to hobbling and you're like, I don't know. And then we watch it. I would kill (laughs) to see a version of Misery where. The cat has to come save the dude from Cat's Eye. <laughs> Crossover potential. <laughs> I just want to see more cat adventures from Cat's Eye. There's that same cat in 1408 being like, oh, I'm out. Game yeah. over. This is not for me. <laughs> Maybe we'll see it in Castle Rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how would you, would you change anything on the cover, Kevin? Uh the only thing I would change is like, I I would almost get rid of uh, John Cusack and uh, I almost called him Joan Cusack. Like, <laughs> not the same one, no. uh, but I'd get rid of John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson on it just because I feel like it's unnecessary. Just have the like, key. Yeah. It, it makes them look like they're at odds with each other in some way. Like they're yeah, divided really... on an issue and they're not really in this movie. I was, I'm pretty sure they put them on there because like the, the, the marketing was like, nobody's going to go see a movie called 1408, even if you slap Stephen King's name on it. You know, Look, you put Samuel Jackson. Somebody's going to think it's a historical yeah. doc of like fiction. <laughs> we, we need to explore the pre-Columbus era. Oh, God. What, didn't they have that movie that was supposed to do that? The New World. It wasn't pre-Columbus, but it was like the New World and it was Colin Farrell and it was supposed to be like Pocahontas, but it was awful. There's only one Columbus movie, and that is Ridley Scott's 1492. I've never Gerard, seen it. <laughs> Gerard Depardieu is Columbus. Oh, they got a French is, guy to play an this, Italian guy. <laughs> I would recommend it. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It's 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 not great. It's it's an amazing, horrible. Columbus. I mean, it shows all the craziness. It's it's Gerard Depardieu, and then uh, the the guy from the crow the bad guy from the crow that creepy dude is like the oh, yeah. it's basically the sheriff of nottingham he's like oh, i'm yeah. the sheriff of nottingham of the new world and he's terrible and horrible things happen and ridley scott directed it hmm. oh. i do like me ridley scott though so would you recommend 1408 you know i actually do i i liked 1408 me i liked too. it I, I even liked it watching it knowing what happens yeah I definitely um, didn't have a problem watching it again. Yeah, it was a it was a good horror movie. So uh, check check that one out. Yeah, it really was a great advertisement for Airbnb because nothing <laughs> nothing can haunt an Airbnb. Yeah, it's all bullshit at Airbnbs. Don't go to like the real places. The yeah. the, the name brand that'll fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, that's why you know don't go to Motel Six. They'll double murder you. Um, <laughs> but they'll murder you and not your wallet. <laughs> 
Motel yeah. 6, the affordable murder destination. <laughs> I'm Tom Bodet, and we'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> <laughs> I like his voice. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> of all the things to remember, Tom Bodet. I love that guy's voice. Oh. <laughs> so the third movie Lord. we watched was Splinter. I didn't get to tell you why I picked it. Yeah, why did you put 1408 there? Because we thought you were very clever with the Stephen King like one-two punch. So let's hear what it is. (laughs) No, I I picked this movie because um, it's it's my favorite haunting movie of all time. I watch this like every year. I love this movie. I love it. I love the psychological mind fuck that it is. I love the escalation of it all. I love I love the just. It, it is it is what like um it's what i always wanted from a haunted mo- house movie uh-huh. and i never get it it's always like oh there's crosses on the wall oh there's something moving in the corner this is like the like this is the 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 haunted house movie that i would have i would have uh uh made if i was talented enough to make something like this but <laughs> like it's psychological the ghost isn't just scaring you or telling you to get out it's like hey i'm gonna pick on your like most horrible horrible memory and fears and i'm going to do it in like a manipulative horrible way and i you i want you to stay and i want to mess with you like it's amazing it's it was it was pretty impressive how like it, it did that whole thing where you know he kept having hope the whole time like he can get out he could get out and he could get out and then normally in movies they do that release of well he made it he's alive he's good to go but this movie didn't pull that mm-hmm. it, uh, yeah it was a rough ending for john yeah. cusack there was no hero just yeah. a straight torture of a man's descent into like madness and it's amazing so, it, it, like yeah it's it's i enjoy i enjoy it it's just a, a solid movie um i like that there's no sympathy or explanation for why the room is the way it is mm-hmm. it's not like oh well secretly it was you know an abused room or, or yeah. something like that where you try to have like oh the, <laughs> the monster is you really should feel bad for the monster and it's like no it's just this room hates you for some yeah. reason and there's no reason why it's doing it to you and there's no reason uh, for it to be happening and even if you're like a good person it's still gonna go after you well technically it's on the 13th floor and it's, if you add 1408 together it's 13 so it's the 13th floor 13th room yeah and that's 1313 and i think that's not an evil number that's just math <laughs> anyways <laughs> um fuck you don't take this from me the next movie we watched was splinter and Kevin or robert do you want to summarize um i mean this is a simple simple movie uh two people they get sort of not kidnapped but held hostage by this criminal end up at a gas station where this organism is and it looks like splinters is uh-huh. uh, attacking people, taking over them, and then just you know multiplying. So, so it's them trapped in in this in this gas station. It's very it's a very cut and dry sort of um, trapped 
in a in a single place got to get away from the monster Mm -hmm. uh who who seems like it's unstoppable kind of a movie yeah yeah it really is simple but like it adds enough new stuff to it that i i really liked it i agree um it had enough creepy like foreshadow elements like where the there's a scene where they run over an animal and it punctures a tire and like they go and it seems to be moving even though it's dead I mean, there's just, there's good, there's good foreshadowing. And of course the, the animal in this is a fungus or the monster in this is a fungus that can self-replicate and feeds on blood and hunts by heat or tracks by heat. Mm-hmm. And it ends up like stitching together the bodies of the victims that it's killed to inhabit. And it's like, it's got good effects. Uh, it like uses a limited budget and some good effects to be a I thought a really neat take on zombie movies. Yeah. I also appreciated the fact that it gave a new twist on a thing from the Adams family, the hand that walks around <laughs> because somebody's hand gets chopped off and the organism, despite the fact that it doesn't have like any senses, it senses heat and tries to take over the, the bodies that are around it so there's this hand that's like split all in different shapes and things and it's running around chasing them trying to (laughs) trying to kill them (laughs) i think that that is the most mutilated hand i've seen in a horror movie in a long time because first it gets cut off the body and then it gets like split vulcan style down the middle (laughs) and it's just still going it reminded me of uh this reminded me of the thing in a lot of ways, even though it doesn't shape shift and try to blend in. But it just that that level of body horror in this I really enjoyed. The the weird thing about it, the, what I liked about that the the way it took over is it didn't feel like it was taking over. Like oh I'm I possessed you. It feels like it's just like splintering, and then the the physical splintering is controlling the the body like it moves in a way where it doesn't feel like it's actually controlling it. It's sort of almost like how a, like a starfish walks with like ton hundreds of little, little, little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Kevin, Kevin even said stop motion. It felt like claymation stop motion kind of. Yeah. Like it was moving the body, not it was making the body move. Yeah. It wasn't controlling the brain to send impulses to move the leg. It was, moving the leg physically with its splinters yeah yeah and it does i like it does it does good it makes you uncomfortable um Mm -hmm. i also really liked in this movie the uh the the two protagonists i guess you have three protagonists one of them is the ends up being the criminal that hijack or kidnaps the husband and wife um they're not married hostage they're not i i thought they were just no they were there for their anniversary oh um and but like he gets redemption but it's not like they everyone everyone forgave him for everything or it's not even like he's like oh but i'm secretly just this amazing person like he gets his redemption but it's not like everything's excused like sometimes happens in horror movies where you're like yeah but that person still is a bad guy like Mm -hmm. Who was also yeah. played by, I think his name is Shay Wingham, who is in everything now. Like, he's one of those people, I'm like, oh my God, he's in it again. Um, <laughs> he's he's an awesome actor. 
but he's in so many of these kind of movies where they're they're you never heard of them, but they're really good. Uh, he's yeah. like a character actor that you would recognize, yeah. and you're like, oh crap, you are just a staple of the genre. I actually really liked. I think I really liked every character that was in this that had lines, mm-hmm. um, just because they like even the husband that plays this um kind of they kind of make him sound like he's wimpy but the movie goes does a good job of being like no he's just like a person that's thinking things through it's not that he's a coward it's that he's just not the instant reaction person and then like let's give him a moment to shine like let that talent of his show whereas in a lot of movies they'd be like oh he's a wimp and then we'll kill him just to be like how he dies in a wimpy way like you know, he dies getting eaten by a T-Rex on the toilet or something (laughs) where like there's some comeuppance for his cowardice. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody had their own talents and they were able to utilize them. Yeah. They have, they have good arcs to the characters in this. Yeah. Um, Kevin, why do you think Robert chose this? Or do we want us to talk about the cover? Oh, sure. I actually think this cover nails it. Like, Totally, I, I like it. It, it. At first, I thought it was a bath, like a bathtub that it's on top of, but it's it's the hand with the splinters coming out of it, uh, out of the frozen food section, like the frozen food cabinet in the in a grocery store, because that's where the movie set is a gas station grocery store. Uh, I love the cover for this. I think it was great. Yeah, and the tagline: <laughs> "It will get under your skin." <laughs> yeah, and it has that really good painterly style that that calls back to like 80s 80s horror but this time the things in the movie can look just like the cover which is nice yeah yeah <laughs> you're not disappointed when you say oh my god that's a badass cover yeah. like galaxy oh. of terror that's like the best example or <laughs> or the worst <laughs> shocker always is for me shocker my god yeah where the man becomes electricity <laughs> um so why do you think, Brie, why do you think Robert included this one? I think he included it because of the really impressive uh, special effects that were done. And most of them didn't seem CGI. Yeah, I don't, I would actually be really surprised if there was a lot of CGI in this. I don't think they would have had the budget for it. Yeah, I thought it, that would be why. Am I right? Uh, I picked it, you know, yeah, because uh, it was just a really well-balanced movie. And then it was, a, it's like a movie first and then a horror movie. And it, it uh, like has good acting and has good effects. It has a simple plot that doesn't try to, it doesn't try to take itself too seriously or explain too much. It's, mm-hmm. it's a perfect little horror. And I wanted to kind of like ramp it up uh, like on the roller coaster of terror. Everything's of terror. <laughs> so we're on like our first little chuck, 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 chuck up this, the hill. Well, well, the 1408's like the up the hill, and Splinter's like, oh, I think there's a there's a hill ahead, but we can't really <laughs> see it. And uh, <laughs> the next movie continues that that <laughs> that ride. So yeah. I would definitely recommend this movie. Yeah, uh, I I'm just trying to think. This came out in like I think 2007 or eight. And is right around that like zombie right before the zombie boom like gets walking deaded and it's become kind of boring. Um, it's a good take on the zombie movie because those essentially are what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and does a good job with it. 
So should we move on to Final Girls? Yeah, let's talk about Final Girls. Okay, so we'd seen this movie before. We also we hadn't didn't know we had seen it until about halfway through. <laughs> yeah, we were watching it. And I'm like, I think we've seen this. And then Kevin goes, I think we've seen this. Oh, yeah, we've definitely seen this. <laughs> I think it really clicked when there was the flashback moment. And we're like, yes, we've definitely seen this. <laughs> um, but it stars... Uh, Tasia Farmigan, who was in a lot of the American Horror Stories. Actually, it has a fairly all-star cast. Honestly, uh, if you if you watch any comedy on like Comedy Central, you'll have seen these actors in it. Mm-hmm. And because uh, uh, Adam Devine is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude that, from Silicon Valley. Yep. Girl um, from Broad City. Yes. So I don't know names. I just know what they're yeah. in. I don't know why I was like, I'm going to contribute to this by just referencing <laughs> other shows. Um, That's how I do directions. I don't know road example. names. I don't know road names. I just know that it's next to a Safeway. Yeah. It's down on the down on the right from the Walmart. Um, so this, I would consider this a comedy horror. Would you guys agree with me? Definitely, yeah. Comedy so, first, horror second. Yeah. Yeah, so... Tasia Farmigan, who is the, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, um, is the main character. Her mom is an actress, dies, and then, and the anniversary of her death, uh, they go to the local theater and watch the horror movie that her mom was famous for in the 80s. And then a fire breaks out and they go into the movie. It's like a horror movie version of the last action hero. Yeah, it's super meta. And yeah. uh, it's like Scream if you took it like six extra levels deep into yeah. meta-ness. <laughs> um, and I don't want to spoil it because I really think they, that people should watch this. It was really good. I enjoyed it start to finish. It's got like seriously pathos. Like I... I teared up in a moment of it and I like I teared up to a mom doing a strip tease. So <laughs> Yeah, the, the movie like the movie has like heart in a weird way. Like it, uh-huh. it's just like yeah, we're going to we're going to put this element in there. It does and they do it on purpose I think to to give it that they wanted it to be more than a, a comedy because it was such dumb comedy that they're like let's put in a Look, put some heart in it, and then and then you and that's how you make uh, people think that it's a good movie. At least you can fool people into thinking something's good just by adding like heart. Like you just said, we liked it, and I'm, are you trying to tell us you didn't like it? It, and now it you're wouldn't like, be on this list dumb. if I didn't like it. Like obviously, I recommend it, but it's one of those things. Like I I think it was a little manipulative, the heart, but but it was still good. Like the the comedy balanced it out, and it was I liked this movie, and I yes, I would recommend it. You and, kinda, uh, you, I mean, they kind of do, they, they cast two very good actresses, dramatic actresses um, in the, the mom and the daughter to, to have that moment to tug on your heartstrings. Cause if you would have cast, I don't know who you would have cast, but like you would have cast like cast like Anna Ferris or something mm-hmm. as the mom, it wouldn't have landed. Like you yeah. have to have somebody that's got some chops acting yeah. wise. 
no offense, Anna, that's if how you they, listen, but that's how they interviewed. They're like, "Do you have chops?" Yeah, <laughs> show us your chops. Seeking, seeking are you, chops. Are you talking about pork chops? Because <laughs> that'll I can come go up. Uh, that'll come up when we review Starry Eyes, um, <laughs> which I, I haven't watched it yet. Don't tell me. I'm I'm off on the days. I've ruined everything. That's a, that that's for next round. Yeah, Robert. yeah. you still yes. have some. So, time. final girls, Brie. What'd you think of the cover? I. I think it was really smart how they did it because they featured all the actors and actresses. And in this kind of movie, I think that it's almost like the 1408 that we talked about just a minute ago in the fact that that's going to be your draw. I mean, people aren't going to know from a cover that it's a horror comedy. They're going to be like, oh, I'm intrigued. Like this, this is playing on the nostalgia of like the 70s horror. And it's pretty clear with, um, Silk Spectre that uh I can't remember her name. <laughs> um, is it Malia Ackerman? Uh close maybe. I don't know. Anyway, she's got like the feather hair and the crop top yellow shirt and the I mean it's very clear that it's a homage to the uh camp horror movies from the 70s and 80s. And so I'd keep the cover. How about you? Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen... I, they have this weird um, filter on it that I, I wish they wouldn't have. I would have liked to have seen it go with the more washed-out 80s style. It's it's almost... it's uh, They do, like, a vector thing. Like, you can tell it was done in, like, Illustrator or something similar. Or, or, or whoever painted it did it on purpose so it has these really clean, hard-edge, colored lines. It, and that's what I don't like about it is that they should have... If they're going to go for an old movie, they should have gone for... Like they they mixed an old movie kind of uh, uh, design with like mm-hmm. a newer age design trend, which which I guess is okay. But but I would have liked to see a version of it that was more painterly and, and yeah, you know, I, I think out. it's yeah, I think they would have been like, oh well, we're doing it to mix the old with the new, like this movie. Like I'm I'm sure if you would have talked to the cover designer, they'd have like a real. Uh, pretentious ass answer for why they did that <laughs> mm-hmm. like they'd been like oh you didn't you didn't get what we were trying to do there robert uh, it's probably also a lot cheaper to do that than yeah. have someone paint you a picture <laughs> it would i don't know oil painting. <laughs> go on fiverr uh, see what happens get a task rabbit uh, so uh anything else to say about the movie why do you think robert put it on this list for us um I think he put it on here because he knows you love comedy and I would appreciate kick-ass women. That's exactly I, why I did it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was like, yes, yes. I think he, I, again, this is, this is my default suspicious opinion. Did it to fuck with us. <laughs> That's, there's two different, there's two different things here. There's why I picked it to show you and then why I placed it in this spot. <laughs> Because I just, if you're using that roller coaster analogy, it's like mm-hmm. you wanted to have that little, like, little dip and then back up. Like, be like, well, what? But now I'm, this one was the first time I was like, I'm suspicious of how this is going. <laughs> that and is we were, correct. We were right to be suspicious. <laughs> yeah. So this is the part of the roller coaster because Splinter, you're like, oh man, that was, it's, it seems like it's getting scary ahead. And it's like, oh, nope, nope. It was just a false scare. And right before, I mean, love it or hate the next movie where I take you to like 
depravity. Like, yes. like I'm like, yeah, let's <laughs> let's now let's start the 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 crazy nine inch nails intro with all the grunge <laughs> and the blood. Um, but yeah, but I picked the movie because yeah, I I thought I took a chance that you hadn't seen it, and I thought it was one of those horror comedies that actually worth watching that a lot of people I don't think know about. Yeah, it's one of those ones that I I actually really enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. The second yep. time around, like I said, we we were halfway through, and I'm like, I think we've seen this. And Bree's like, Ah, maybe we have. And then we're like, Have we? And then there was a moment where like, Yeah, I remember that, but I didn't remember. I didn't remember the start of that movie, and I didn't mm-hmm. remember the end of that movie. Yeah, so I just remembered like one scene, and that's it. Betty so. Davis eyes. So let's move on to. I can't it's- wait to talk about movie. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the the one that Bree. I think. I think made like Brie doesn't usually break cell phone protocol during these movies, but I think she texted you no less than 10 times. Yeah. How angry she was at you. Yeah. She was not happy with me. I was, she, she threatened me. She, (laughs) she verbally abused me. I did. I did. So, Hey, welcome to a taste of my life. Uh, And I'm not, I didn't know if I should, I didn't know if I should be like happy that you were so upset. Like, Oh, this is effective. But then I was like, Oh, I really like, like, that's the point. Like everything you hated about it. I'm like, that's the point. (laughs) That's why this is such an effective movie. uh, Do you want me to summarize this one, Bree? Since it'll just make you mad. I think Robert should summarize okay. it because he's clearly in love with this piece of trash. It, and that's what it is. It is trash. It is trash, but it is so effective. And it is, I'm just going to go like, you're going to stop. You're going to mute me. I would 100% agree. Let me start with the fact that I jumped, what, no less than three times in this movie. Seven. Okay, seven. seven. And you punched that's, me once. No, seven was Banshee cha- chapter. Yeah. This three movie was three was, was not about jump scares. This movie was about like that. That's what I loved about this. They were not like, where's the killer hiding? It was like, yeah, killer's on screen like 90% of the movie. Um, so it's about a clown named this, Art the Clown. But it's called Terrifier. This is Terrifier. what we're talking, yes, talking sorry. about. Terrifier. And it's about a clown, Art the Clown, who kills people. And and two uh, well, one girl gets stuck in a in a in a building eventually, and we can get. See, I could talk about the. I want to go through the whole movie, but Just, she gets stuck in a building. She's attacked by Art the Clown, and and just I don't know how much you want me to go into it, but all horror ensues, and <laughs> at the end, it um, so it starts with an a news uh. It's got a, what's that called? An overarching narrative of this. uh, Did I say that right, babe? No. What? Tell me what I'm trying to say. So it's, (laughs) it's not not even like, it's not even really like a framing narrative. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Um, But it's just like a, it's a, it's, I don't want to ruin it, but it's essentially, it's a, a flash forward in the movie. Like it's a, so in media ray type thing but it's not really in media ray i wonder if i have a i don't know what the latin word is for like starts in the fucking end uh (laughs) mementos i don't know what you want (laughs) 
I'm very angry now that I don't know a word. <laughs> it's sort of just like they there's no reason for this thing to be in the beginning. It's just like so they could end it on a messed up thing and, and like yeah. a twist. Yeah, like, like they they didn't know how to end it. So they yeah. just they just well, figured this extra thing out. Probably good because there's a sequel. There is, and I can't wait. It didn't come out this year because of because uh, of obvious reasons. Yeah. But uh, it was too bloody for audiences. God, <laughs> oh man, I, I I I was so excited when I found out there was a part two. <laughs> the act now this is a trash movie from like top to bottom. The acting, except for art, but the acting is terrible from the actresses. It's just absolute like sub uh, sub uh, like soap I, opera standard. I'm this gonna. Was- Totally a movie you would show people though. Like I this would totally be one of those like, dude, we're gonna watch this because it's it's messed up. So I have to say, I disagree sort of with you, Robert, in the fact that I agree that the acting is bad when it comes to like normal people conversation that they have, but when it comes to them getting fucked up, they are so good at being scared. Which I don't that's true. That's probably why it's effective which I don't blame them because if even if I would even if I knew the guy behind the mask or behind all the clown makeup prior to him putting it on like if I would have seen that clown in real life fuck that shit I'm going to the nearest police station and somebody protect my white ass because that thing is terrifying whoever conceptualized his makeup and his mouth and the way he moves oh god he's so creepy yeah, what do you she do just, do you just hire a mime and then hope they're going to be mentally disturbed <laughs> like how do you how do you cast that man i don't know but they did a really good job yes this has one of my favorite scenes in a horror movie in like recent memory one of them not the favorite scene but like the beginning pizza shop scene um like i mean i i want to go into it but it's just like the fact that they have this crazy clown and he's not hiding in the shadows he's straight up like i'm here i'm gonna get you and he's in all the shots like they show him walking around looking like it's not like jason shows up from the clouds when you you look there there's nothing there you look away then you look back and there's jason it's just he's just there all coming after you yep and he's just like creative but not in a goofy like it's goofy but it's still terrifying not like a freddy krueger like ha ha bitch but it's like it's it's like he's being creative and goofy but it's absolutely like unsettling and and so unsettling it's not like comedically ironic Mm -hmm. where you're like oh there's some like dark joke in it oh there's this moment in this movie and i don't mind spoiling it for people because i I don't i don't get over it watch keep up with us we posted this a week watch it anyway i'll tell you (laughs) the whole movie from front to back and you still should go see oh there's that scene where like i i don't i'm not super squeamish with movies but i had to look away uh where he's got one of the girls and he's got her uh hung upside down her legs are spread apart she's naked and he starts sawing her in half not Uh, with it not with a mechanical saw, with a but like saw. with at, the at the butt to bush. Yeah. And it just there's this moment where he like you know he's gone in a bit. It's like lower than it should be. 
and you just see that saw going in back and forth and the sound effects. And I was just like, I'm out for a second. Uh, he gives new meaning to the phrase ass to mouth. Yeah. Well, that's how he'll split you ass to mouth. Um, <laughs> yes. I literally, that was one of the times where I text Robert and I was like, fuck you. Well, and, <laughs> like was tough. Is, so I'm one of those people that'll watch this movie and be like, Oh man, this movie really does not like women. Uh, that's it's, what I said. But, but then like, I started like looking into it and I was like, Oh no, this guy is very heavily like a, a horror, um, makeup artist like he likes the effect artistry and stuff and it's like it almost reminds me uh i think i even told robert while we were watching this it's like this reminds me of like when you have uh um uh like a former stunt person direct a movie and they're like we don't give a shit about these plots like john wick is one of those ones that's directed by a stunt person and he's Mm -hmm. like i don't give a shit about the plot like let's just get to the cool stuff and he skips ahead and so they'll be like, yeah, we're just going to kill his dog. And that's all the narrative reason why we need to have all this insane stuff happen. <laughs> and that's what Terrifier does is it's like, oh, we don't care about like any of the grander, like what's the message of this movie. I just want an excuse to do messed up horror effects that I wasn't allowed to do on those other movies that did worry about that mm-hmm. stuff. And we know how to make something creepy and we're not going to be told by anybody else yeah how to make it creepy like there's there's no heart there's no heart in this movie (laughs) no you're watching a person that's like this is what i love like this is the thing that i love and i don't have any restraint anymore in telling me no so i'm gonna go nuts but even with the 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 grotesque murder you just described it's not one of those movies that's like no it it never felt like torture porn yeah and it wasn't it wasn't like um what like like yeah or or that just really like uh upsetting upsetting horror you know like like serbian film kind of stuff or like you know like martyrs like like uh, this movie was fun and but it was fun on on a scale of like pushing that type of movie to the absolute edge before it becomes something that it shouldn't you know it's i think one of the things that and I use the word enjoy very, very lightly, uh, (laughs) is the fact that they never gave him a backstory. Like they never explained why he was that way. Like they just full on committed to him being a cray cray psychopaths. But they also allude vaguely supernatural. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. They also allude to his being like there, there is something unknown about him. So there Mm -hmm. is this now you can't stop him kind of a thing, which is why we're getting a sequel. Yeah. This is actually there was there was a movie called All Hallows Eve that was before this, which was a anthology which introduced the clown, but it wasn't necessary to see this movie. But I would I would recommend watching it, but I wouldn't recommend like rushing to watch it. It's not- <laughs> yeah, worry about the rest of the advent first. <laughs> I, yeah, like at no point in this movie did I, I guess it's like when you talk about uh, even Hostel or Serbian film or even like Human Centipede where they're like the gore is the point of those or the like we want to show you like the depravity side of things terrifier doesn't have that and i i I just i don't quite know what that element is where it's like terrifier is like no this is always going to be a vehicle for telling a horror story it's not just we're wanting to show you messed up things to show you messed up things we're showing you things that in the context of the story make sense 
in a way. I don't know. It's very interesting. But now that you brought it up, I can't help but think like, man, this is uh, it's not smart or clever in, in that regard, but it's just like it knows what it wants to be and it nails it. Yeah, it pulls off creepy. Like it pulls off unsettling. Yes. I don't understand how to feel. Um, I know this is dangerous, but I can't look away. Uh, yeah, I well, want to see more. It, do- it doesn't make me hate myself after I watch it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, you know, or ruin my week, you know, like yeah. one of those movies. Yeah, because yeah, like there's somewhere you're like, oh man, I just, oh, I don't feel good about this. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, like you feel like I watched it, so I participated in something uncomfortable. It's not depressing. Some way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like again, I know you like hereditary, but hereditary, it was like, I'm depressed. I'm sad. I actually feel horrible for this woman. I feel <laughs> horrible and I can't imagine the pain. This is like, <laughs> she's dead. You know, yeah. like moving on. Who is that? I don't remember. Let's get on to the next kill. You know, it's like, uh, it's, um, this is to me is like, the modern evolution of the 80s slasher movie. Yes. It's like, like this is it's that same DNA and it's not trying to have a point beyond this is a this is a, a modern take what we can do now if we were telling one of those movies from the 80s. Yeah, and that's kind of like Splinter and that's what this is. This, or or 1408. It's it's a it's a person who watched slasher movies growing up and it never did what he wanted it or she wanted it to do. I don't know who directed it. Uh but um, it and was then definitely they got to, a dude. <laughs> and then they got to make one and then they got to fix it. You know, they were like, I get to do everything I always wanted to see in a slasher movie now. And it, <laughs> and it was effective and, it, it was, and he, they, he was right. <laughs> so as much as I disliked this movie, I also feel like it's a very uh, apropos movie to watch during this time of year. So if you're okay with being a little bit squeamish, um, I would recommend seeing it. And I'm not sure I would change anything on the cover. Um, how about you guys? It's pretty spot on. Yeah, keep it keep it as is. I mean, you're watching it for Art the Clown. Yeah. Um, that being also- said, if you've got chlorophobia or whatever it is, do not watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. At all. Don't watch it. Or watch it and just be like, that's why I have it. Confirmed, <laughs> validated in my fears, doctor. Um, all right, let's. So, why do you think Robert placed it on this list? And let's hear why he placed it or put it where he put it. Well, he absolutely adores it and he likes to share things that he likes with us. And so, I. I appreciate that thought behind it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, this Thanks. Definitely a like, oh, you thought you were safe moment. Like, <laughs> this is like <laughs> killing the slutty best friend in a horror movie. Just like amping def- up the stakes. I was definitely, this was the first like final girls, like false security well, first dip into like, oh, okay. Like he, like I, I would hope you, now you're like, does he know what a horror movie is? You know, yes. kind of a thing. Like <laughs> these are good, but like, it's not, nothing's like a horror movie. I'm like, horror! like, <laughs> yeah, you slam that hammer down hard yeah. with this one. <laughs> I, I think that's why it was so much for Brie was she's like, no, you don't get to go from making me giggle and being like, tee hee, Robert, this was funny to like doing that to her and I appreciated it. I was there for the entire journey. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. 
It is it is truly an advent of terror. <laughs> so, oh. Robert, do you have anything else you want to say about Terrifier before we move on to the blob? No, I think I'll reserve all of that for a future episode of something because this is not the first or the last you've heard of Terrifier from me. I can tell you that much. We'll just do a special one where it's like <laughs> Robert by its cover. Uh, yeah, this is actually a great way to introduce this is uh, our soft pilot for Terrifier, the podcast. <laughs> we talk about it minute by minute. We go frame by frame. Um, all right, let's... Uh, so we're going to talk about the 1988 the blob mm-hmm. um got it i just got to say uh, like right off the bat i don't think there's anyone that would listen to this podcast and not basically know the outline of the story of the blob like it's a giant blob that eats people um i'm gonna say i wrote this off so hard when i saw the opening credits first the credits in this movie are garbage um, like straight up trash because the opening cr- credit of this is like stock footage of a sleepy town and but it shows like nine churches that's a <laughs> that's a first line of a john mellon cougar can- or <laughs> mellon camp song like, <laughs> so, like horrible like stock footage <laughs> of a yeah uh, i'm gonna write you off because you've got tons of churches no this would be one of those ones like i totally would <laughs> if this was on tv i would have turned the channel because i'm like oh this is gonna be cheesy shit uh i absolutely adored this me too um like i think i i turned it I, like i was like breathe uh like are we gonna can we lie to him about watching this <laughs> no you did not um because there's like there's the moment where they first discover the blob and it like latches onto a homeless guy's hand and he's like running around being like oh my hand it's got the blob blah <laughs> it, it looks so stupid and then like it, it shows the blob growing and then it starts becoming legitimately like amazing special effects uh like practical effects yeah and i appreciated the fact that they weren't afraid to kill people like they full-on killed a lot of who i thought were going to be the main cast like the sheriff he doesn't even get to be killed on scene we just see his face sliding up a telephone booth before the nice waitress lady gets blob murdered I mean, I was impressed. This movie, there's a scene where the blob is attacking a church towards the film's climax, and they kill like three deputies. And I just remember watching a deputy that never has a name in this movie. Uh, The blob lashes a tentacle around him and pulls him through this like broken bookcase, and it folds the guy in half and sucks him through. That was one of those moments where I was like, this movie, if this was a modern horror movie, that guy's death would have been foreshadowed. It would have been like focused on. It would have like, they would have emphasized it. And this movie is just using that for like throwaway characters just to like, just have insane, crazy deaths from. And there's two other moments in this movie where I was like, oh my God, this is genius. Um, so the first one is they have this really long street joke about ribbed condoms. And I just, I admired that this movie like played that joke straight about uh, the pharmacist selling a kid ribbed condoms because guy's like, I've got a hot date and I need ribbed condoms for her pleasure. And then 
the guy shows up at the house and the dad's the pharmacist and he just calls it calls him like ribbed con or ribbed and you're like oh no and then there's another one where the girl is about ready to kill the blob she's she they rip off jaws the end of jaws where like there's a a tank in the creature's mouth and she goes to shoot it and she like throws out a quippy ass one-liner and then she goes to jump off the truck and her foot gets caught and she like falls face forward and like stuck there and i was like oh this movie is perfect i love this (laughs) i really enjoyed it and i didn't think i was going to but i have to say uh i was very it was hard for me to focus with matt uh wait matt dylan it's a dylan yeah yeah. it's It's dylan dylan the non-famous dylan brother as the lead bad boy when he had hair like my mom did when i was a uh we babe <laughs> do you ever see somebody with a mullet extension <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was very hard for me to to like buy him being this badass on a motorcycle like oh i just don't know if that would be the haircut that a 1980s badass would have <laughs> Well, it was made like in that awkward transition from the, it was 88. So like you were kind of dipping your toe into what the nineties eventually were going to become. And then you were leaving the eighties. So you had this like this small, awkward uh, like time frame where everything just got over overly that um, like the <laughs> mullet, like cool kid, you know, also with the writer and the director, which I'll talk about when I, talk about why I picked it but uh they I, I they I feel like they chose it on purpose and and they're really good at that so I also love they are incredibly mean to him in this movie for him being the hero like the sheriff calls his mom a whore uh like nine times they're like oh you're keeping trouble huh you like what you're picking up another six pack for whoever your mom's dating tonight it is like jesus man that's why you did nothing wrong and you're doing that and they like they did that and you felt like because then they they had to make you feel sympathetic to this douchebag because he's a douchebag he's like a total douchebag he looks like a douchebag he talks like a douchebag like he must be a douchebag and and so they had to really work hard at making you feel at least uh, some sort of sympathy or empathy for for this douchebag. Yeah, well, they, they have like this line where the girl is like, oh, you came back, or she's like, why don't you just look out for yourself? And he's rescued her like three times at this point in the movie. She's like, why don't you look after yourself? That's what you're good at. And he's like, nobody else ever looked after me. <laughs> it's. It, I feel like maybe they even did a little of that tongue-in-cheek cheesiness to like hark back to the times that it was originally from, you know, yeah. cause there was that, that like that melodramatic sort of uh, um, coffee shop poet drama, like, Oh, I am pain. That kind of stuff. Nikki. Yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> like, like feel bad for me. I am tragic. Well, I am tragedy. Know. Was his mom the waitress at the restaurant? No. Okay, I was going to say, because that would be really weird if the sheriff was like, hey, your mom's a whore. And then he's like, hey, you want to go out on a date? <laughs> like, That would have been an amazing note. Like, no, I got to no, no. go see your mom, if actually. If I do a remake of a remake, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's like bullying the kid and then immediately tries to hit on the mom. It's a genius move. 
I also notes. <laughs> really appreciate the fact that um, they let the blob kind of do whatever the hell it wanted. Like it didn't really uh, fit into narrow parameters of what it could and couldn't do. And at one point they, it pulls the um, restaurant chef down through a drain and like degloves and also smushes his whole entire body down a drain in one go. And it was, I was very impressed by the special effects. Like even the subplot of the blob actually not being from outer space, but being man-made created uh, was very much, um, it, it, it didn't matter because that wasn't the point of it. And also, uh, one of the things that Kevin and I kept talking about is how many Chekhov's guns were in the movie. <laughs> like there were constantly when at the beginning, when the bad boy goes to the auto shop and gets a beer out of the cold fridge, I'm like, that's going to come back later. And then sure enough, it did. <laughs> yeah. The kid's jacket, how ribbed condoms makes a Chekhov's gun come back in this. <laughs> like, so it felt more like Chekhov's militia for this movie. Chekhov's Every, blob. Uh, that would have been a really good name for a brand of condoms, by the way. Chekhov's gun. <laughs> you get them now and they'll pay off tonight. <laughs> <laughs> get them now and they'll come later. <laughs> right. I'm officially trademarking that as a condom brand. Nobody can take it. You heard it here on Bias yeah. Cover Podcast. Now sponsored by Chekhov's Condoms. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna design an ad for it. <laughs> we'll put it up on molotov popcorn when go. it's <laughs> better than schrodinger's condoms where it's like it's either working or it's not <laughs> you're pregnant and not pregnant at the same time yeah. <laughs> uh, you live in perpetual fear um Yay. <laughs> and i think like to get into like the cover discussion i think one of the reasons why i wrote this off is the cover is terrible it is it's so bad it, it like it it's it almost seems like it's trying so hard to be like this movie is gory and violent or like it's not your dad's blob oh <laughs> uh, it that, looks it, it looks like a guy inside of one of those jello molds <laughs> mm-hmm. oh i was just thinking like we played that game with gack where you like put it on your face <laughs> And you you did it once, and then like the gack had hair in it then, so it was never right again. <laughs> yeah, uh, it almost yeah. looks like one of those covers from back in the like the eighties where they didn't care about the cover and they just took like a photo, and it was like, oh, put the photo on the cover. I don't care. Don't color correct it. It's fine. Like just <laughs> yeah. put it on there. And that's kind of what they did in a way. They had this cool shot that they thought, and they're like, put that on there. I do wonder how many parents rented this thinking they were renting like the 1950s Steve McQueen one. And then they like put this in. Cause I remember that happened in the eighties or like the eighties, like horror movie where they were reinventing old movies. Cause I remember my mom did that with Phantom of the Opera and they <laughs> remade one with Robert England. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because I was like, I like, I like musicals, mommy. And so we watched Phantom of the Opera. And then like, I was like, I need to see this. And so she rented the movie. It was not the same. It was not the same at all. Um, there were no delightful songs. Lots of murder, though. <laughs> yes. 
So, uh, yeah, sorry. That's just me reminding an anecdote of when my mom would be like, you can't watch this. And then I never watched the movie again. And now I'm like, was it really that bad? (laughs) It's like Robert's cat's eye. (laughs) Um, Kevin, what, uh, what would you prefer the cover to be? I don't know. I would have gone with, I think I just the blob. And then why do we, why didn't we just say, the blob and some fun, some fun lettering. I don't think there's any way, like until you actually see the movie, there's no way to make the blob scary. I would have, I mean, they could have put like a dissolved hand in it or something like not just a person trying to get out, but like the aftermath of like, and maybe do a painting again. That's how you get away with doing like gore on a VHS cover is, is you paint it and it's fine. Apparently for some reason, which, okay. Can we talk about my favorite murder in this movie? Sure. Uh, there's this scene where this guy is like took his girl up to Lover's Lane, and they're fooling around a little bit. And he goes, "Oh, you want a drink?" And she says, "Yeah." And he goes back into his car and opens the trunk, and he's got like a full bar in there. <laughs> and he's it's like, "Hey, sweet you're, bar too. you're my girl because you're wearing my ring." And she's like, "Oh yeah, I am." And then we see that he's got like a whole bag of the rings. <laughs> and then he makes her a drink and sprays banaka in his mouth and he goes to like sit down and make out with her again and she's not moving and he thinks she passed out and he's like looking at her boobs it's really creepy but then the monster like total bursts, rapey. yeah totally rapey but then like the monster bursts out of her boobs at him and i just loved it so. <laughs> loved that it. I was is like, instant karma <laughs> yeah that's why you don't touch sleeping girl's boobs that should have happened to prince charming with snow white and then it would have been okay how to make someone how do you make a hate how do you hate a character in like like a one quick scene yes but i love his trunk i love Chekhov's trunk you see both of these characters get murdered on screen there's no doubts they're murdered but then the movie's like hey we want to emphasize that they're murdered so they show the blob like slithering away and it's got the ring in it and you're like (laughs) We know they're dead, dummy. Does like, that does that mean the blob is his girl now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, be what together they, forever, whether they like yeah. it or not. <laughs> the dude's penis is the only thing that doesn't dissolve. There's just <laughs> blob penis floating at you. And that's because he wore a Chekhov's condom. Yeah. Protects your penis <laughs> from everything. Protects you from VD and the blob. The blob. Uh, yeah. <laughs> acid proof (laughs) when the ph is out of balance (laughs) doesn't block any sperm but blocks 99 of all acid um Um, would you recommend this movie cabin i would okay i most definitely would i would as well Sorry, I put my hand in my pocket and I found $20. That's not relevant to this conversation, <laughs> but this is turning into a great night. I'm recording with my Robert. folks. I'm talking about horror movie. I, I made money doing this podcast. <laughs> uh, so why do you think Robert chose this movie? Uh, I think he picked it because he knew uh, that we would uh, like be derisive towards it we would have just been like not going to be spooky but he knew it was a competent remake i think he he had definitely seen this and knew that we'd be impressed with it 
do you, why did you choose this? No, that's pretty much the reason is it is a, it's a movie. I think that's, it's uh, underrated. And the writer is Frank Darabont who wrote. um, Oh yeah. He wrote, you know, Shawshank. Oh, he, I mean the screenplay for Shawshank, Green Mile, but he also did one of my favorite horror movies of all time as well. He wrote the screenplay for, or at least co-wrote the screenplay for Nightmare on Elm Street 3, where Freddy became Freddy. And then this is directed by the same director of Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Um, he also did The Mask. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like with Jim Carrey? Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. But, uh, but, but Frank Darabont wrote the screenplay for this, and that's why it has... Um, and and you'll see a couple people in his posse in this movie, like the the sheriff from Walking mm-hmm. Dead, and he's also in Green Mile. And, and, and now, was this pre Nightmare on Elm Street three or post? Uh, I think it's post. I don't. I, uh, let me let me look. I, I, I um, that's a good question. I want to know. Um, <laughs> Eighty eight Nightmare on Elm Street three was the year before this, so this was post post Nightmare on Elm Street. Gotcha. So they got this like off the tail end of night realm street three well and he was uh, the he was the screenplay writer so he could have done that screenplay at any time yeah yeah um but yeah that's and so i also i placed it here because it, it it's not like a it like evens out again sort of like your yeah. your bump uh like and the very but it still has some like it's still a good movie has some horror to it like a good decent you know fun horror yeah, and some impressive effects. I I definitely would recommend watching it. And I'm pretty picky when it comes to like 80s movies. Uh I do yeah. have to say it didn't have a like a soundtrack that spoke to me, uh, which always disappoints me in 80s movies. But overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't have any jump scares in it though. Yeah, I think it was trying to get away from the 80s like synth wave soundtracks and was trying to be like that 90s like cheese artificial thing i mean it does what like cat's eye did where it's like yeah do you know that's a musical cue that doesn't mean what you think it means (laughs) the blob isn't a quirky like creature it's not bumbling (laughs) but uh I, there's something about these 80s movies like the thing is one to me that does this the blob does this where it's just like quality practical effects that I'll, I'll always watch even if i don't love the movie that just they also seem to hold up well yeah so i think this is one of those ones that like you could watch now and not be besides the acting like would feel okay would look okay yeah all right do we want to move on to the one that got me beat up yes <laughs> so our final movie that we watched for the first chapter of our advent calendar uh was banshee chapter which did we clock it at seven jump scares three of which i actually like screamed uh two of those captain our dog came and checked on me to make sure i was all right and i'm pretty sure i hardcore punched cabin at least once during one of those jumps no it was it was not cool um Like it was, uh, I, I wasn't even doing anything. I, like I was like, did, she always wonders why I moved the chair away from her. Um, <laughs> and now she knows because she is violent when she's terrified. <laughs> I, well, that's good though. I mean, that means I have a good response to no, like. It's not good when Robert <laughs> triggers your fight or flight response. <laughs> I mean, it's a good horror movie, I guess. Like, uh, I'll, so this. I'll, 
this is the full on drop from the top of the roller coaster. Like I screamed all the way down, scary, plummeting in the pit of my stomach scares. And I enjoyed really? it. I enjoyed it. I, I, I see. I found this movie really manipulative. Well, that's fine. I'm all for that. <laughs> like, it, I mean, it, it was fine, but it, it's very much like, hey, we know this movie knows how to produce a jump scare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's what they did it really well. Like, they're, they're like, it was almost like, like a scientific analysis on like, this is how you manipulate your audience to feel this way. Well, like, the- we know weird, distorted face. We cut to it and cut away with a loud noise this will produce a jump scare uh, and we're going to do this like 10 times to you. Well, the movie is literally about scientifically terrifying people and True. figuring out what makes them go mad. Yeah. 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 But so it it's, uh, it's a found semi found footage movie. Um, it is, but it isn't like they're, they started off based on the guy that disappears. That's the main protagonist ex-boyfriend from college uh but the overall thing is the motivator is mk ultra right yeah mk ultra which is a cia mind control program's actual thing um which they they cut in like news footage and president clinton talking and yep it uh is trying to what it is is it's this group was engaging in experiments with a certain drug that was that was supposed to be DMT, but it actually turns out that it's extracted from uh, a dead woman's brain. The source. Yeah, the source, um, and it helps uh, when combined with a radio frequency, helps uh, tune the person into a higher or an alternate dimension, and they act as like a receiver for things to come uh, come into our world. Um, yeah. It's based on an H.P. Lovecraft story loosely. And so, of course, I immediately, like, the minute you tell me it's a Lovecraft thing, I'm like, I am there. I tune in. <laughs> um, and it, it's the, like, lady trying to uncover why that is and eventually trying to, like, dismantle it or stop it. Uh-huh. And it involves, uh, I'm I'm going to just say it, it, like, it involves, I think, probably my favorite, one of my favorite interpretations of a Hunter S. Thompson character. Yes, yeah, so you want to see Hunter S. Thompson as a character. It's not even like skirting around it. It is yeah. Hunter S. Thompson with a different name. Like he has <laughs> books that he wrote with swine in the title. I mean, like, <laughs> uh, it's it's the movie for you. And it's played yeah. by who? Who is it played by? Oh, Buffalo Buffalo Bill. is Yeah, Buffalo Bill yeah. from... Uh, from Silence of the Lambs. Lambs. So you guys both equate him with Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, put the lotion on the skin, blah, blah, blah. I equate him as the detective from Monk with Tony Shalhoub on USA. Yeah. <laughs> he was also in that terrible Wild West movie, I think, that weird weird Confederate soldier that can't hear well, I think. like the, the... No, that's... Isn't that Kevin Klein? No, Kevin... No, the, he was one of the villains, Buffalo Bill. Oh, I'll have to rewatch that. Yeah, you're not thinking. You're, you're, are we seriously thinking about Wild Wild West? 
With yeah, yeah. Will with, Smith. He's in that. Yeah, he's in that. Oh. As, I'm pretty sure. I'm almost no. positive. I'm like 90% positive he's in that movie as like the 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 lackey of the main spider dude with no body. Oh. I God, did we just get an excuse to watch Wild Wild West? <laughs> I mean, do we need one? <laughs> we should. Like we're reasonable adults. Um <laughs> I was very disappointed not to get into that movie. I don't. I don't think they used the Wild Wild West song from the Escape Club, which is really <laughs> from the eighties. That was really disappointing. I love that song. Listen, you got Will Smith in your movie. So, He's gonna rap some. I don't okay? care. I wish they would have continued that. Could wild, you imagine if he did rap in uh, Muhammad Ali <laughs> or the Pursuit of Happiness? This always gets to me. That's in my contract. I get to rap. Yeah. Well, they like they're like it worked really well with Men in Black, so we'll let it happen again. I am Legend. This is a song called <laughs> "My Dog Died." <gasps> uh, so Banshee Chapter is, uh, I mean, it's a low budget movie that, like I said, like I didn't hate it, but I just I had around. I think it was probably just you punching me, where I really soured on this movie. I'm really sorry, but it scared me a lot. Oh, I'm glad that your response to like, I'm terrified is not to ask for a hug. It's just like, I'm going to lash out violently. Um, this is why we need a couch so I can just curl up next no, to you. No, I don't to need you recliners. closer to throw your fists of fury. God, I, just, I need to be out of your reach. God, you so, got like a pterodactyl's wingspan over there. I really don't want to give more of this movie away other than you should watch it, but I definitely don't get the cover in relation to the actual movie. Yeah, I was going to say this is uh, the the worst cover of the ones that we watched. As far as like Cat's Eye, I give it a pass because I don't think anybody knew what they were doing with that one. I don't know how you turn <laughs> that into a cover. But Banshee Chapter, I don't know. It just seems like uh, a crappy Photoshop technique where they took stills from the movie and then... Um, decided to just overlay it and do a, like a double exposure effect on a random person. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's supposed to be an anatomy dummy, isn't it? Oh, it's either an anatomy dummy or a legit cadaver that's been experimented on. Huh? Yeah. See, I just, it, it doesn't really mean anything to me. I, yeah, I like, I wouldn't equate it with anything that actually goes on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Captain. that's supposed to be the drug behind it. Oh, like the the yeah, formula? I, I don't know. Like, well, yeah, it's not like they're going to actually tell you how to make DMT here. <laughs> yeah, if you want to know, you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, <laughs> I don't get that reference, Kevin. Yeah, I know I you didn't, it, but I appreciate I, the sympathy chuckle. I did. I figured you you did, and so I laughed for you. Uh, what would you do for the cover instead? I don't. Uh, why don't you have the guy that you had playing the Hunter S. Thompson um, XB and then just like have him do his best fear and loathing face? <laughs> I, I just, 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 they should have just made the movie just about his character. <laughs> I would have loved that. Are you it's kidding? Crazy. Me? I, I love been... seeing Hunter S. Thompson in fictitious situations i'm sure he would have hated this movie oh yeah but, would, would but, you have loved that character though like a drugged out like huge gun-toting asshole 
essentially mm-hmm. with like no filter just reacting to the supernatural just like fuck you zombie yeah. like, <laughs> suck on this dracula you just did john connery yeah. <laughs> suck on this dracula <laughs> sorry i didn't know we were gonna be doing voice acting after Bree's spooky intro show show kevin <laughs> i also i hate the name of this movie so much because well, in no way does Banshee chapter make sense for anything that happened at all. At all, they I mention mean, it in the beginning. They said this that was the name of this chapter of something, but I don't even remember. It was so convoluted and well, not connected that I don't remember. A, a Banshee is a wailing woman that can like sense death, and that's totally not what's implied with the creatures or whatever it ends up being. That well, maybe if you hear them, you're going to die. It basically latches on to you, or even if you're with someone that hears it, you know. You know so <laughs> this movie's all about like government conspiracy and like the validation of several conspiracy theories. Cause like uh the number station conspiracy theory, MK Ultra conspiracy theories, all of that is like, oh no, that's real, and you have to be worried about it. I would love to show this to a movie that for somebody that's like a hardcore Alex Jones fan. <laughs> and just have them be like, This is a fucking documentary man are we allowed to watch this can the truth get out and then they'd watch and see the guy on monk and they'd be like wait how did he become an actor that actually there was another found footage movie that that didn't make the advent calendar because and it was a found and it's called conspiracy and it's basically the same kind of thing except it's it deals with uh, uh more of like the um bohemian grove like secret society things of like rich people and that's uh and you almost saw that in this place but i thought this one was scarier hmm. well you were right it scared me <laughs> so oh. well well yeah, done i'm bruised because she was scared <laughs> <laughs> oh you're fine <laughs> you don't get to decide that <laughs> um Kevin, why do you think robert chose this for us uh i think he knew it was gonna scare you I agree. Robert? I, I, I picked it to, um, I didn't like know it was going to scare you, but it was to balance out the terrifier because you have the blob in the middle. And so the two drops and like of, of actual scariness and like well, the terrifier is for like one side of people who like like horror movies. And I think the Banshee chapter was sort of the other side of it where, where, where I knew that someone would like one of each you know, yeah. um, I mean, I could have probably guessed correctly if I had to pick, but <laughs> but I wanted to balance it out with a different kind of scary. Um, and I don't know if I have another, I don't know if there's another uh, found footage in here. I don't think there is, but I, I figured that one was kind of an under the radar one that wasn't just about like stuck in the woods or something like that. And it was more yeah. of a, and Hunter's friggin' Thompson character in it. It just made it <laughs> worth watching. Like it's to me, it's not like the best mo- like scary movie or it's like the best found found footage one, but but it's super fun when they add in those characters. Like again, I th- really think the Hunter S. Thompson character makes it not um just some bland, like another s- jump scare movie. I just yep. love that they put him in there. <laughs> yes. I think it gives it it gives it something that makes it stand out as unique. 
It doesn't like. fit in that world. Like it, like if you're, you're just like the scientific woman who's determined, and then there's Hunter S. Thompson. Like he Let's doesn't get high along. and fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah, they didn't like set up a world where it was going to be that. You know, like like it was really out of left field. And when you don't even realize what they're doing until you, unless you watch it a little bit longer, you're like, are they? Is that? Or like, <laughs> whoa. Like, I can't believe, how'd they get away with this? You know, like that kind of a thing. Yes. So uh, that completes week one, or I should say chapter one, uh, because of how days work in a month. We're going to have some that are not seven movies only. Um, Robert, or let's start with Kevin. Kevin, do you have any reflections on week one? Uh, I am cautiously optimistic. I... I think this reinforced in my mind why this was a good idea to have Robert do this to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, because after, after the, like, honestly, when you had cat's eye up there, I was like that son of a bitch bait and switched me, uh, made me think <laughs> it was a horror movie fan. And this is what he does. And then by the end of week one, I was like, he might be a oh, bad really? person. Like he's <laughs> a genius. He is a playlist genius <laughs> well for doing a christmas advent calendar it'd be a different story <laughs> oh, actually it wouldn't but why, I, 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 like, you don't have the thanksgiving the thanksgiving one queued up uh <laughs> there's not many like there's like planes trains and automobiles and like thanks killing and <laughs> yeah, like, I was gonna say, that's how you jump between the two yeah uh but christmas one would be like gremlins and lethal weapon and <laughs> I was going to say, I do not like Christmas movies, so I'm really excited that we're doing this horror movie Halloween advent calendar. What's it called again? The Advent Advent of Terror. Terror. Okay, thank you. (laughs) You say, you guys say it way better than I do. No, Um, I'm sorry. A spooky Advent (laughs) of Terror. (laughs) Shut up. You put me on the spot and that's what I came up with. It's a spooky, it's spooky Advent calendar. (laughs) So, um, Robert, I, I have to say I appreciated week one. I was thoroughly terrified and also uh enjoyed some music and some acting uh there was some really great special effects that we got to see um so thank you for week one no this was fun i liked i really like doing this i'm gonna do it more often to for imaginary people and be like (laughs) i'm gonna make me advent it's called the may advent calendar (laughs) find a reason to make one for every single holiday whatsoever (laughs) the arbor day playlist is just (laughs) happening 30 times in a row (laughs) um despite the horrors you got so many the thing not the The thing two towers thing swamp thing there's so many so many plant-based movies did you know that they're doing a remake of little shop of horrors i did and that Chris Evans is going to be the dentist. Oh, now we know why she cares. Is That's it a musical? Why. Is it a musical? Yeah. yeah. Mm. I there's certain movies that you can't that you can't top, I think. And that's that's the that's the movies like I saw a post once and it's one of those like memes you've seen a hundred times, but they should be remaking terrible movies. Like movies that oh. should have been good. You know, yeah. like like so many good movies. Like remake stealth from the early 2000s. Like <laughs> 
There remake are Mario Brothers. Remake uh, like Mario Brothers could have been so way better. Okay, real quick before we end, what horror movie would you want to see remade then? If we're oh, talking man. like it could have been good. Hmm. Damn, that's a that's like a thinker. That's a yeah. I know. I, a, I the only reason why I brought it up is because I had mine like right up ready to go. Tell tell us. Stall stall set for you too. Okay. Uh yeah. so mine is there's a movie called Final Girl, which immediately when Robert or when I saw that we were watching Final Girls, I was like, shit, are we watching Final Girl? Uh and Final Girl is about a Abigail uh, Breslin's in it. Abigail Breslin, yeah. And she is uh a assassin that is supposed to kill three guys that are they are serial killers each of the guys are serial killers that are hunting like setting women out loose in a forest and hunting them and they've been doing it for a while and she's like tasked to kill them and that sounds like i loved that premise like i read the premise i was hooked i was like i need this movie and it ends up being utter garbage it was not good and they had wes bentley in it too yeah which I should have known because Wes Bentley's never been anything good after American Beauty. Well, and it's interesting because Final Girls, which we watched for this round, uh, had the bad guy was in the Final Girl was in he was in the Final Girl and Final Girls. Yeah, <laughs> probably wasn't uh, supposed to be. He just showed up on set one day. <laughs> He's like, I got Whoops. confused. <laughs> you guys um, can't I, do movies with a plurals. <laughs> I have my movie. Are you ready? Okay. Um, House on Haunted Hill. That was a remake. That was a remake. I know. I want a remake of the remake. But that, that's been remade twice. So. So you want a third remake? That's. I mean, I, you get to pick any movie. Wasn't, wasn't it's the not Haunting against the rules? With uh, Owen Wilson and. Uh, no, I'm talking about the one where they go to that um, place up in like the Hollywood Hills. That it was originally a Vincent Price movie. Yeah. And then this, yeah. Then they get locked in in the hotel house or house, obviously. Yeah. yeah it was yeah, like, Famke Jansen was in it. Yes. Which is the one where it's like the guy who owns a, a like a theme park. The, yeah, that is the house on Hunted Hill. Is that yeah. one? The, the fake James Woods guy? Like the, yes. <laughs> the guy who wants and to be James had, Woods. And it had um Spike from Buffy in it. James yeah. Okay. Marston. Yeah. Because Marsters. Yeah, the fake James Wood because he plays uh, Casanova Frankenstein in Mystery Men. <laughs> yeah, isn't he Barbosa too? Isn't yeah, he? Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey there Rush. we go. Yeah. Yes, um, but I would fake like James Wood. Asshole. Would, yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Rush like... does sound like a fake James Wood name though. <laughs> he has the same face too. Like it's just like the James Wood face. It's that Punchable. long, like yeah, yeah. Like, James um, Woods. But I think always I, smelling a fart. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would like a, a remake of that because uh, the actual sets in that didn't have any weight to them. They always, they felt very like cardboardy and um, like styrofoamy. And I think that you could definitely with the right lighting and stuff, make that a lot scarier than it actually was. Yeah, it, it definitely could have been a better they could have given it to a better director. They could have given it like love instead of just like make a make some trash to for you know like it was that like early two thousands MTV horror movie like spree yes. that they went on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Robert, 
have you been given enough stall time? Yeah, I have two, but I'm gonna, I'll pick. It's an action horror, but it would be End of Days. I was so yes. stoked to see End of Days. I was so stoked to see Arnold Schwarzenegger fight the devil. And like, I thought it was going to be some divine comedy, like meets commando, like, oh, I'm going to get my whatever back and I'm going to rip my way through hell, even if it's like a metaphor in New York or something like that. And, <laughs> and it wasn't, he was depressed and he was like, I don't want to kill myself. You know, like it was just everything about it was just like, oh man. And the devil was just like, there wasn't enough, there was enough show in that movie. Like there wasn't enough, like straight up biblical horror or like three-headed like beasts rising from the sand like there should have been like some biblical shit it should have been the horror version of of uh what the the um seth rogan movie this uh, is the end this is the end it should have been the horror version of that where you have like the giant swinging dick demons like over the (laughs) the city like an Arnold Schwarzenegger should be like a helicopter saying one-liners with a cigar in his face, just like and like a, like he's a priest, like with the preach preacher like thing yeah, the on collar. The, the collar, cassock. just like blowing things away, just like oh, <laughs> you you could playing like Dragon Force. You could you could totally redo that movie shot for shot. You just don't cast Arnold Schwarzenegger in that role. Even if you were to cast like another '80s action, like if you cast Bruce Willis in it, it would have worked fine. Yeah, because he can be sad and depressing and just yeah. talks low. I just, I done. don't buy Arnold Schwarzenegger as vulnerable in anything. Yeah, I just wanted to see, like, I wanted, like, I just wanted to see raise hell, like, straight up hell is on earth. The end days are here, and this preacher's not going to take it. You know, like that's <laughs> yeah. what I wanted, and I did not get that movie. Oh, yeah. Well, now There's- I want to know what your other choice would have been. The other choice was 13 Ghosts because it was a really good <gasps> yeah. idea, but I it just wasn't executed that. well with the uh, monk or whatever. Tony, Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> and Matthew but it, Lillard. But it was really cool. It had this really interesting theme per ghost and it could have been done so much better. And, I totally and agree. I remember hating that movie so much because you had to go online to get the backstories of the ghosts <laughs> and they all had like a good backstory for why they were that way. I was mm-hmm. so frustrated by that. Yeah, that should have been done in a less goofy manner again. Like they should have taken that a little bit serious, more serious. It was, and the sets in it were phenomenal. Like the fact that they even pulled off the glass house as it were. And um, I I was so intrigued. I'm like, I'd go visit that place. That'd be so cool. <laughs> also, um, I love Tony Shalhoub, but his, every time somebody says his last name, I think it's just a weird off brand of lubricant. Ask me the shaloub. I need shaloub for my checkoff condom. <laughs> I'm gonna set this this Tony shaloub out early in case it pays off later. <laughs> All right. Uh, any last thoughts, gentlemen? Oh no, we're ending on Tony shaloub lube. Um, okay. Well, Robert, why don't you tell us where we can find you on social media? Robert Schmobert. Robert Schmobert. <laughs> I have to tell Instagram. You. <laughs> Instagram Robert Schmobert. So in my phone, I have your last name with Schmobert, but I spelled it with a C. And um, I got a text from you today while I was driving. And it, it said, the Google lady said it, and it was like, Robert Schmobert. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me laugh. <laughs> 
That's not actually my stage name, by the way. I'm not. I'm not asking anyone to take that seriously. Uh, yeah, it's Robert Schmobert, <laughs> the comedian, right? I'm Robert Schmobert, <laughs> and that's what I go on by. You call me Robert Schmobert. So if you go to find him on Instagram, it's Schmobert without a C. <laughs> yes. Wait, what's your middle name? Joseph. Robert, Robert J. Schmobert would be Robert J. Schmobert. Oh, <laughs> uh, I would love that. Please welcome to the stage. Robert J. Schmobert. Well, this is Bobby Schmobert <laughs> signing off. Bob Schmob. Bob Schmob. The Schmob. Bob the Schmob. Gross. Oh, God. That would be We awful. just made you sound more and more douchey. Yeah. You're listening um, to Bob the Schmob. You just on. more and more became like a Rob Schneider character. Yeah. Or a really on. shitty radio, morning radio host. You, Bob the Schmob. <laughs> oh, He's going to call people like up a, and prank them. Like an estranged son you didn't know about somewhere. <laughs> you got to reconnect. You're like going to be in the Jungle to Jungle sequel, um, <laughs> which is Schmob. Too Jungle to Jungle. Um, <laughs> too Jungle Too Furious. I don't know. Um, Kevin, where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at Kevin underscore egg on Twitter and Instagram or Kevin Eggleston on Facebook. And you can find us at By It's Covered Pod on Twitter and Instagram, By It's Covered Podcast on Facebook. And you can find me on Twitter at Brie underscore egg. Thanks for listening. Thank you. <laughs>